0: If you were in the belly of a big fish for three days and three nights, what do you think you would see? Maybe all those internal organs of that creature? Maybe some seaweed and other little creatures that it swallowed? Maybe a lot of water? Do you think you would see God? Jonah did. After he had been thrown off of that boat by those sailors because it was a terrible storm and they figured out that it was coming from God because Jonah admitted he was running away in disobedience to God, they threw him overboard. And no doubt, he saw some pretty scary things. But he also saw past the sides of that fish, through the water, above the heads of those sailors who threw him overboard, and he saw the hand of God. Even though he admittedly was running away from God, now he admits God's hand caught him. Well, what do you do when you've been caught? What do you do when you find yourself in a difficult situation? Jonah tells us, remember the Lord. God had been at odds, so to speak, with with this prophet. He told him to go to the city of Nineveh and preach against it. But Jonah didn't want to go. Probably a number of reasons. That city was so wicked, maybe he feared for his life. But whatever the reason was, he went through a lot of effort to disobey God. He forked out a bunch of money to buy a ticket on a boat to head hundreds of miles in the opposite direction, to head to Spain. But God's hand would intervene in sending a storm, in having him thrown overboard, but also in preparing a big fish because he wanted to catch Jonah and bring him Back. Jonah saw a lot of different things during this experience, and he tells us all about them in a beautiful prayer in which he reminds us in our distress to go to God. For he says, In my distress, I called on God, and God answered me. It's a good reminder. That when it's time to go back to God, start with prayer. Let's listen in now as the story of Jonah continues with his prayer. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish... Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me, All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains... I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose up to you, to your holy temple, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now you might be thinking, you know, I have never been in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. And I don't really think I ever will be. So does this really relate to me? Well, the truth of the matter is at some time in your life, maybe you already have, Or maybe you will be. You will be in some kind of a belly of a fish. That is, you will be surrounded in some way. In some kind of circumstance where you find yourself perplexed, confused, trapped, and don't know what to do. Maybe it's with a health problem. Maybe there's some kind of big and unexpected change that has happened in your life. Maybe it's just that you've wandered from God. But there will be a big belly that you'll be in someday. For three days, three weeks, three months, three years. What should you do? Go back to God. Jonah tells us what to do. Pray. In your distress, pray to God. Now, that seems kind of obvious, doesn't it? But, you know, look at our prayer life. When things are going pretty well, our, our prayer is, is probably a whisper. <laughs> but when things aren't going so well, our prayers are probably cries to God. Because when we're distressed, we... We feel overwhelmed by things Jonah did he describes it he said the water is swirling all around me your waves and your billows they just swept over me he was overwhelmed he was overpowered and when that happens you feel helpless what can you do your your strength is no match for what you're up against he said he felt like he was trapped there at the bottom by the, by, the, by the foundations of the mountains that are there in the sea. There was no one else around. Who, who could he talk to? Who could he say, hey, could you give me a hand with this? He couldn't Google. How do you get out of a fish? He felt threatened. He says, my life was ebbing away. I was in the pit, the grave. And he knew why. It was because of his disobedience. You know, sometimes when when bad things happen to us, we maybe reflect and think, oh, you know, I haven't been too good lately. This is God's way of getting at me. Now, it might be that maybe God is looking to give you a mid-course correction, like he was Jonah. Jonah. But sometimes bad things just happen because, you know what, that's the way life is. This isn't a perfect world anymore because of our sin. So he felt abandoned by God. And in all of that, it was hopeless. He thought he was a goner. There was no way he was getting out of it. But did you hear his little statements like, yet, I will go back to your holy temple. He was saying that he was going to get out of this some way, some time or another and be in the presence of God. And so he is praying for deliverance. Now, how could he? There he is in the, in the sea in this terrible mess. He, he's helpless. He's abandoned How could he have confidence of being delivered? Because he had faith in a faithful God. You see, three times in his prayer, he used the word Lord. And it was in all capitalized letters. I told you about that last week. That was the the special covenant name for God. He knew that God was faithful. Even though he had been disobedient, even though we will deny God, God cannot deny himself, the Bible says. He is faithful. And Jonah knew he could go back to God because God is always there even after all that disobedience, even after that determination he had to run away from God, he could go back to God because his faith knew that God is forgiving. That whatever sin he had committed, whatever sins we commit, our God forgives and then blesses us and turns us in a direction to serve him again. In your distress, call out to God for deliverance because he's there. So it doesn't matter where life throws you, where God puts you. You can always have this assurance, heaven's door is always open to your prayers. Even when you feel trapped by circumstances and maybe feel you're all alone, you have the assurance that God is always there. His hand is always on you. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. No matter how dire the circumstances are, God is there. Listen to how the prophet Isaiah, a contemporary of Jonah, put it. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God. The Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Jonah had that kind of faith. And he cried out and said, Lord, my God. He's your God. But then, why all those troubles? Well, the Lord is always there. And he's always the one to take that first step and to bring us back to him. And sometimes he uses troubles to do it. Maybe to get our attention. Maybe to put us back on a right path. Maybe it's to soften a heart that's been hardened in disobedience to do things our way. Maybe it's just to train us to trust, to follow his guidance. Maybe it's in preparation for how he might use us in the future. Jonah had been at at odds with God, but God now would win. He always does. Even when things look impossible, God still wins. Because God loves to do the impossible. Let's go back to that gospel reading we had earlier in our service. The Jews were demanding of Jesus, give us more proof that you're for real, that you are God with us. And Jesus' response was, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus was pointing us to his resurrection for our assurance. Jesus would be the one who would assure us that God's plan is for us to be blessed with eternal life. He would rise from the dead, assuring us of our resurrection and God's gift of eternal life with him. So, through all troubles, think of Jesus and you have the assurance you need For the blessing so the question is then what will you do when you're in trouble Jonah was reminding us of what people sometimes do he says those who cling to worthless idols they're turning away from God's love from them turning to worthless idols it's not just stones and statues of gods, but it can be flesh and blood too. It could be plastic and silicon and microchips that we rely on and technology that'll help us solve all this, or a list of experts who know what to do and they will solve it because they've done it before. No, don't rely on those. Those are phony. Those are the cheap imitations. Grace and deliverance only comes from God. So what should you do when you're in trouble? Like Jonah, fight fear with faith. Fight helplessness with hope in the Lord. Pray. But Jonah also shows us, don't stop there. There's still more. Look at the last verse of his prayer. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. Jonah is reminding us to praise God, even in the midst of the trouble. Because we have a God who is faithful and forgiving and will deliver. Jonah says, I'm going to praise him with a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Now, I don't know if he was thinking about an actual sacrifice, according to the law of Moses, that he would offer at the temple. I mean, he did say, I'm going to return to your holy temple. Maybe he was thinking of the sacrifice that one would make of a a whole animal put on that, that altar and all set ablaze, which was symbolic of one dedicating their whole life to God. That's the sacrifice Jonah would now give. He now would return and do God's will. He would go to Nineveh and preach, and we'll talk about that next week. The sacrifice of thanksgiving is thanks, living. How we live our life in obedience to God and with a thankful spirit. Now sometimes when we go about our, our religious stuff, when we go about our... our God life. We don't always do it with a real joyful spirit. You know, it's like, okay, I got to do this. All right, how much longer? Okay, I'm almost done. I can go home. But that isn't what Jonah said. He said, I'm going to sing a song of thanksgiving. You see, he had a new spirit. It was renewed, forgiven, and restored to God. You know, it's, it's kind of natural for us, right? When something good happens in our life, we want to tell other people about it. That's what Jonah said, I'm going to do now. I'm going to talk about the loving kindness of God. And that's what we can do too. With the song of praise, publicly and proudly, regularly, we can praise God for his goodness. You know, we we get excited uh, when we hear of people like soldiers or police officers or firefighters when they go into a dangerous situation and they rescue somebody, save their life. And we call those people heroes. And they'll get honors and medals, and all rightfully so, right? Because they've done a great thing. And sometimes those guys even will lose their life in saving somebody else what do we do with Jesus who gave up his life to rescue us from our sin from death and from the devil let's praise him let's offer our life as a sacrifice of Thanksgiving because Jesus rescued the whole world Jesus rescued you what sacrifice will you give is there time is there talent is there treasure what will be your sacrifice not well i've got a few minutes i could give or i have a little extra change i could throw in no what will you give up that you wanted or that you needed that's a sacrifice will you offer the sacrifice of praise regularly Will you make praise your life song? Just listen to Jonah. That's what he did now. And he did one more thing. Look at the last sentence of his prayer. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. He makes a promise. A promise that he will serve God. Perhaps that is the greatest sacrifice he could give himself. He was pledging never again to run away from God. Not to be in defiance of the Lord, but to serve him. Not to run away from his directive, but to run alongside of it. And that's what he would do. For the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. God loves to intervene in our lives. He intervenes in events all over the world, including our life. When you find that God has set before you an open door, when he has set you on a different path than what you were intending, see it as the Lord directing you to fulfill a promise to serve. You know, we may have our thoughts, our plans on how things should be run. But God has his, and his will always wins, which is good. And is what we pray for, we say, thy will be done. For Jonah, that meant he would proclaim the message God wanted him to speak, which was simply, salvation comes from the Lord. This was his grand hallelujah and amen to his prayer. Salvation. From all that entraps us, life's troubles, our sin, temptation, the devil, and ultimately eternal death. God rescues us. In the Hebrew, that little line was just two words. Yeshua Adonai. Yeshua meaning salvation. It was the Hebrew word for Jesus. That's our salvation. Jesus put himself in the depths of God's wrath for our sin. So we won't be there. Jesus put himself in the depths of the grave for us to rise again so that we too will rise and have eternal life forever in heaven. Yeshua Adunai, Salvation comes from the Lord. What do you see in your life? Are there troubles? Is it hard to see past them or through them? But you know, life isn't always filled with troubles. There's some good, too. You know, the Apostle Paul, the greatest missionary of the Christian church, Traveled all around the Middle East and all around Europe. And you know, never once in his writings does he say, let me tell you what I saw in Rome. You should see those buildings. Let me tell you what I saw in this city. Fantastic stuff. You got to go there. No, he talked about one thing in his letters that he saw. A bright light. It was the glory of God in the person of Jesus. And then he talked about this one thing, a cross that saved him. Let's make that our boast. Seeing the hand of God in our life and simply saying, salvation comes from the Lord. Amen.